Well, good morning, everybody. Hello, everybody online that's watching. We're blessed to have you. Uh, our pastors have begun a series on God's promises. I like that. It's one of my favorite topics. And uh, let's open up here in prayer. Uh, Father God, we ask Holy Spirit today to make a connection in our hearts, Lord God, with your word. That we would leave here, Father God, greater than when we first came in. That, Lord God, we would embrace uh, the promises that you have for us in your, in your word. That, Lord God, we would live a life of great fruitfulness here this side of heaven. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Well, the, the scripture they gave up there is kind of the foundation scripture for the whole series here. I want to read it out of the Amplified Bible. <coughs> Excuse me. It's first, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. And it says, For as many as are the promises of God, they all find their yes answer in Him, Christ. For this reason we utter, also utter the amen to so be it, to God through Him that is in His person, by His agency, to the glory of God. Well, praise the Lord here. This is a very fundamental verse for us as believers. In fact, most of my sermon will be expounding on this verse. Uh, it's a very fundamental verse for us. This is a 101 verse for believers. We need to get this, that it's all about the promises of God for us as believers this side of heaven. And if you have your fill in the blanks there to help you remember some things, uh, the very first one is that uh, Father God's promises are His will towards us. We really got to get that. It's his will towards us. You know, I don't know if you realize, but the most asked question in Christianity is not when the, who's the Antichrist. The most asked question in Christianity over the centuries, no matter what church or denomination, is what is God's will for my life? How about that? Over the centuries, that is the number one most asked question. What is God's will for my life? And the answer is God's will for my life is in the word of God. His word is the revealed will of God to us. God's will shouldn't be a mystery to us. As we walk in the general will of God, the specifics for our lives come. But his word is his will to us, and his promises are his will to us in the word of God. Now, for example, in healing, we don't have to talk God into healing. It was his idea. But we do have to fight for it because we have an enemy who wants us dead. That's different. We have to fight for what the promises are for us to see them. And your second fill in the blank here, it says God's promises are found in his word. So if God's promises are found in his word, then I should be asking questions like, well, what are they and where do I find them? So when you look at your Bible, it's very important that we, one way that we must see it, we must see it as a book of seeds. And that's basically what my teaching is on today, God's seed book of promises. It's a book of seeds. You wouldn't think so, but it is. It's a seed book. Another way to look at it, I actually went to the store and bought this. This is a little pack of seeds. Picked one that was nice and bright and red so everybody could see it. There we go. Nice pack of seeds. It's called the Chinese Giant. Sweet pepper. Oh, well. Anyway, it's a book of seeds. And you know, if you, if you, if, the envelope of seeds. If you open this up and take the seeds out and take other seed packages and look at them, they kind of all look the same. I mean, I'm not saying one seed looks like the other, but it probably does. It doesn't look that much different. So if I see the seeds, and I don't know what this seed's going to be, what that seed's going to be, but in the packages, they put the life in the seed on the package. What you're looking at here is the life that's going to come from the seed. 
And that tells us everything. So likewise here with the Word of God, the Word of God, the individual scriptures we're looking at, the Word seed has the life in the seed of what we're going to find. So if healing is the issue, we need to have that picture in our hearts of what God's seed will grow to be. We want that picture, not the sweet pepper tomato giant uh, Chinese, but that, you know, God's seed is a, a picture for us of the life that's in it. So seeds, of course, are meant to be planted, and we're no different as believers. Um, the seeds are meant to be planted in the human heart, and they grow, and they yield a crop of fruit for us and for the kingdom of God, for our lives. I need to think this way. When I go to the Word of God, I need to see that these are seeds for me that need to grow in my life. I need to think like this. It has to be part of my mindset. And also consider, Holy Spirit is constantly uh, planting the Word of God in us. Constantly. He's constantly planting the Word seed in us. By just sitting here today, uh, I'm a seed sower. And uh, Holy Spirit is planting in you. He farms us. Now, that's really cool. It's fruity for us and fruit that we can feed others with. Bad grammar, but it's okay. I like it. Um, so anyway, Holy Spirit is farming us when we're in the Word of God, when we're being taught the Word of God, or when it's just being proclaimed to our hearing, it's being sown into us. But yet we must do our own intentional sowing of the Word of God, our own planting of seeds. Uh, his Word is uh, filled with His desire for us. And his desire is for us is for good. We always have to remember that. You wouldn't have evil in your desire for your children. If you do, you're awfully weird. You need deliverance. Why would Father God have an ill desire towards me, his son? He has good towards us in desire. He wants to see the best for us in our generation and our lives, that we walk in his promises, his goodness. Um, <clears throat> so uh, he delights in seeing his covenant that he has for us overtake us. And the Bible is full of all these promises. Uh, there's a promise for every answer in the Word of God, for every situation in our lives that is out of harmony with his will towards us. Things in our lives are constantly out of harmony with his will. He's got a promise to destroy that, so that we would see his will manifest. He has a promise in his Word as a solution for every attack of hell. Uh, there's a Christ for every crisis. Amen. I heard that one day back in the 1970s. I never forgot it. There's a Christ for every crisis. There is no problem or challenge that we have in life that we could find that he does not have the answer already prepared for us. So God's promises are his grace towards us. They aggress us. And he gets glory out of seeing them manifest it in our lives. And it's all because of Jesus. It's all because of Jesus, they're possible. We have to get that. Without Jesus, these would not be possible. But because of Jesus, they're possible. Because of Jesus, the scripture we just read, and that's up there on the overhead, the second Corinthians chapter one scripture, because of Jesus, they're not maybe. They're a definite yes. Well, I don't know, maybe God would do that for others. I don't know about me. Yes, you. If you're a believer, yes, you. We don't have to talk God into his blessings overtaking us. It's his will towards us. It's very important that we actually believe this. A lot of folks don't. We have to believe his will towards us is good. So we need to sow these word seeds, these promises intentionally in us. 
I've been told, I haven't counted them, but I've been told there's over 7,000 promises in the Word of God. That's a lot of promises. That's more than a promise for a day. That's a lot of promises. Uh, promises of healing, uh, promises of financial blessing, promises of social blessing, promises of marital and family harmony for our children, for even greater promises of being used of Him in our generation as His representatives. There is nothing greater on the face of this earth than to be used of the Lord. So, on your fill in the blanks there, uh, an important question should be, so how then do we obtain the promise? And the answer there following is, God, Father God has only one means throughout the Bible, and that is faith. Really got to get this. There is no plan B. God has only one method throughout the entire Bible, and that is faith. And that faith is summed up in Christ. On this earth, Father God wants us, He expects us, how about that, to believe in what we do not see. He wants us to believe in things that are promised to us, which are greater than what we see manifested in our lives. That is not the way this world will teach you. That is not the way you were trained to. This is the way of the kingdom of God. He wants us to believe in things that we do not see. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 in the Amplified Bible, we have here, but without faith it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come to God, come near to God must necess necessarily believe that it is God exists and that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. So the promises here are received by faith. We've got to get this. Uh, I believe in what I do not already see in the natural. Somebody else called the first service too. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and with a song and everything. Okay, bro. Anyway. I have to believe in what I do not see in the natural. I have to believe that the promises are as if they are already in the natural that I can see them. Amen. Yeah, Jesus, when he comes down to it, when listening to his words, he only really asks of us that we believe him and that we trust him. It's all he really asks, that we believe him and trust him. Again, believing in things that we do not see first in the natural. So believing what we uh, speak out of our mouths is already a reality as if we were seeing it. The promises, very important, are not received by begging God. Hours of tears, hours of whining. Oh God, please God. Oh God, please God. Don't you know what I'm going through, God? Where are you, God? As if we're trying to convince him by our pain. People do this, folks, all the time. None of those words are faith-filled words and full of belief. Nothing. The promises are not received by us trying to impress God by how much we give, how many hours we serve, um, how, knees are, how sore our knees are by prayer. The promises are not received by many hours of fasting and rolling around in prayer. The promises are not received uh, by thinking, well, God owes me because of how much I've done for him, how much I've given up for him. Those are not the way the promises come. The promises are simply received in faith. You don't need a PhD. You don't have to have a license of ministry. You don't have to have 20 years in the faith. New believers receive the promises real good because they believe. There's a rest from our works. Anything else, I'd be trying to impress God with the stench of my pride and my works. 
He's not impressed with that stuff. Many people think that God is moved by needs. Oh, God, don't you know what my need is, how great my need is? Consider, some people are shocked to hear this. Consider there are many needs out there. If he was moved by needs only, there'd be no needs. But rather, there's always needs. Guess what? He's not moved by needs all by themselves. How about that? Many people think God is moved by their emotional pain. Oh, God, don't you see how much I'm suffering? But if he was moved by emotional pain, then it would be removed a long time ago, wouldn't it? He's not moved by emotional pain. That shocks people. They believe that's how God operates. No, he doesn't. He's only moved, as we read in Hebrews, by faith. I have to believe. And faith in the seed promises of his word. All of our prayer requests, all of our prayer needs have to be in faith and based on the promises in his word. A common experience that I see, it's amazing how many people want prayer and they know their problem real good, but they have no idea what the word of God says about it or what promise there is in the word of God for it. They have no idea what the solution is in the word of God. I remember one guy one time, when he got this, I said, said this in a sermon many, many years back. <coughs> he got this and Anytime I ever saw him, he said, Brother Ralph, I'm believing on, he mentioned the scripture, would you agree with me on this scripture in my life? Why, yes, I will. Because you don't need my agreement. You need agreement on the word of God. And I'll agree on the word of God all the time. And then let it be established in the mouth of two or more witnesses. Right? We don't agree on people's opinions in prayer. That's what most people act. Would you agree with me in prayer? What's the scripture you're standing on? And they stare at you. We find the scripture and we agree on the scripture together. I've seen many, many people who want prayer and they have no scripture they're standing on, no promise they're putting their faith in, and very often they receive nothing. They think God likes this person better than me. Maybe one is standing in faith and the other one isn't. My job is to make sure I'm standing in faith. Uh, so I want to pass on to you today in the time we have uh, three keys, it's on your handout here, uh, that unlock the doors to receive the word seed promises. Now, it says here three doors. It should say the doors. Never trust computers. Certainly can't be my fault. <coughs> so, the doors to receive the seed promises. Three keys. These are biggies, so don't ever forget this. Key number one is Romans chapter 10, verse 6a. First part of the verse. But the righteousness based on faith speaks as follows. How about that? Faith speaks. And that's the next fill in the blank there you have. Faith has a voice and it speaks. It's not silent. I'm just silently believing the Lord. I'm believing quietly for the Lord. That's unscriptural. Where's your mouth? Faith speaks. That's just religion. Faith speaks. This is a spiritual principle. We do the speaking. We don't speak the Word of God uh, all by itself but because it's the Word of God. People who don't speak the Word of God, it's because it's, a, it's not a reality to them. They don't believe it. We speak the Word of God because we believe it in our hearts. It's just in their heads and not in their hearts. Ouch. We're going to have to speak the Word of God from our hearts, that we believe in what we're reading. Another important scripture here following up here is key number two as believing on the promises, is in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. It's related to the last scripture. 
But having the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we also speak. There it is tied again. If I believe it, that's your fill in the blank, I am going to speak it out of my mouth. If I believe it, I'm going to speak it out of my mouth. Uh, the scripture we had as a foundation here that we saw originally, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, it says in that scripture, we utter the amen. There's the speaking thing again. Three scriptures talking about the exact same thing. Faith talks. Faith speaks. I speak. God's, gonna, God's not going to speak it for me. I have to have it out of my mouth. It has to be part of my conversation, another spiritual principle. So what does this mean for us? So if we need healing, we find a scripture to believe in that holds on to that, what we're holding on to in faith about healing, and we speak it from our mouth. Do we need financial freedom? We find scriptures to believe on, hold on to, and speak them from our mouth. That does not mean act stupid with your money and don't give. There is a relation here. But truly, I'm believing on God's word for his financial blessings. That I believe in faith out of my mouth. Do you have a wayward child, a wayward spouse? Find the scripture that speaks to it, hold on to it, and speak it from your mouth. We're going to speak something. Let's stop speaking the problem and let's start speaking the answers in God's word. I did a sermon somewhere on a Wednesday night last year called, um, Do You Only See the Problem or the Solution? You can look at that on, online on the, on the iPod and listen to it. Um, but we need to learn to speak the word of God out of our mouth. We're very good at speaking problems. We got to learn to speak the word of God even better. Unfortunately, people usually live um, in the pain of their need. They don't stand on the promises of God's word. And, uh, they, and it just wears them out over time. Uh, they never begun in faith, and they wonder why God has deserted them. If you don't start in faith, you don't end in faith. We need to start believing. Uh, so it's really great here when sp Scripture brings light to other Scripture. Uh, when we're believing God's promises here, we read before in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, about without faith it's impossible to please God. Now we look at that verse in the light of Hebrews chapter 6, verses 11 and 12. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. We have to remember that uh, faith and patience are needed. They're twins. If you have patience, you'll find faith quite easily to believe. If you have faith, you need patience. They're twins. They go together. Because we still live in T-I-M-E. And as long as we live in time, there is an aggression against us from the evil one that we don't see the promises of God manifest. And time wears many people out. So patience is needed when we have faith in believing in the promises to manifest in our lives. We believe with patience. Another spiritual principle. American Christians, I've said it before, they tend to be microwave believers when they need to be crockpots. We want it now. I waited a week or two. They give up. No, you're in this for the long run. You're, in, you're the slow cooker. God blesses the slow cooker, not the microwave. And unfortunately, we have a society that teaches, I want it now. And that is not how things work in the kingdom, because through faith and patience, 
we inherit the promises. We're in this for the long run, no matter how long it takes, no matter how long I have to stand, I will stand. That has to be our position. So we look here to the Word of God uh, for these promises to stand on in faith, and we need to treat these promises in greater light than the circumstances that are pressing against us. Because they're real, those circumstances. What am I going to believe? There used to be a song about that years ago. Whose report will you believe? Remember that song? That was a great, that was a great song. Whose report will you believe? I believe in the report of the Lord. It's a great song. Anyway, key number three here. You don't want me to sing. Key number three here for the scriptures. Back to the Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. For though our outer person is decaying, yet our inner person is being day by day. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond comparison. And here comes the key in verse 18. While we look not to at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And that's your next important fill in the blank here. The things we see against us are temporary. The promises are eternal. You've got to get there where what you're seeing is not the final answer. God's word is the final answer, and that's what I'm holding on to, and it has to come forth. The things which are seen are temporal, they're subject to change. Another spiritual principle. If I can see it, I can name it, and that means it can change. It's subject to change. I see you, sickness, and you are not the final word. You are subject to change. I see you, lack. I have a name for you, and you are not the final answer. You are subject to change. That is where faith is operating. It may exist, but I deny its right to exist. We don't deny things that exist. That's Christian science, and that's weird. Uh, Oh, I don't have faith. It's not there. It's there. But I deny its right to be there. That's the key. So God promises in God's word here, they're pushing away the temporal, and we're holding on to these promises in faith, and we're speaking them out of our mouths. Holding these promises in our hearts, greater than in belief than what we're seeing in the natural. You know, when you look at the word of God, any miracle you read about, um, any healing that you see recorded in the Word of God has this principle. What was seen was subject to change in faith. My gosh, look at Jesus' ministry. Jesus, we always have to remember, He's our model. And all through His ministry, He doesn't tolerate that what He sees. It's all subject to change when He speaks in faith. Look at the apostles in the book of Acts. That's the church in action. That's you and me in action. And all through their lives, we see things change because they are men of faith. So all these are important keys um, to open doors with faith in his promises. So I have to also remember, to be honest, as I'm presenting this truth to you today, I also realize I can't live for you. I can't do this for you. It's what you do with this that matters. Nothing... I think causes me greater anguish is to see that people are not living into the answers that they have available to them. Hurts to no end to see people in suffering when they don't have to be that way. I've said here in church before, I'll continue to say it, I'm nothing but a roadside pointing. All you have to do is read the road sign. That's your job. 
read the road sign. Because it's sad to say, so many people do not want to walk in faith. They want to come to me as one of the pastors here, and they want magic. I'm serious, they want magic. Pray for me, and then I'll be fine. Poof, all will go away, and I'll be well. I don't do poof. I'm a road sign. I'm a road sign. I'm a road sign. You're so much more alert than the first crowd. This is great. I have to tell you, this is great. I mean, they, they were nice people. They smiled a lot and nodded, but you're very animated. They probably needed more coffee, but you're good. I like, you probably had coffee. Praise God. So I would like to encourage you deeply today is to see this as a promise book. Um, go find the promises that deal with the situations in life you need to see changed that are out of harmony with God's will for your life. And um, go to them and stand in them believing, speaking them out of your mouth, for what you see that's temporal is subject to change. Now, for some folks, this is a little new to them. There's help. There's many of these out there. This is only one version. This is called God's Promises for Every Day, where you look at a topic and then all the scriptures that apply to that topic. There's many, many of these books out there. You see them at airports. I mean, you go to an airport, and you're going to buy a, a bag of nuts or something, and you look at the books. Oh, look at that, God's promises. They're all over the place. So these are easy to pick up. Um, so I would highly recommend that. By the way, there's one specific that was from uh, Charles and Francis Hunter. They had a big healing ministry many years ago. They've got home to be with the Lord. They wrote a book called God's Healing Promise. I think that's it, Tom. I'm not sure about the title, but in that book, they show you for each physical condition that people deal with, what are the promises in God's Word that speak to it. That's a good book to own. I had one, I loaned it, never got it back. <laughs> but anyway, I would recommend it. Another thing <clears throat> is uh, Jermaine Copeland, Fine Sister in Christ. She wrote a series of books for years called Prayers That Availeth Much. There's many editions of, who owns that? Prayers That Availeth Much. Yeah, quite a few people do. There's all types of them. What she does is the prayers that she crafts in there are all based on Scripture. They're only Scripture. You're speaking the Word of God. All you have to supply is faith and believe what you're reading. And so that's another one great to own. There's many editions. There's prayers that fill much for mothers, for fathers, for children, for businessmen, all types of books that are out there now with those. I'd highly recommend them. But if you need help, they're great helps. And a lot of people, all their Christian life, always use books like this to find the exact scriptures that they need to believe for. Um, uh, let, let's just do one now as an example. Um, Exodus chapter 23, verse 25. For you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will remove sickness from your midst. I say that every day. And that is a great scripture. If anybody has any gastric issues, intestinal issues, bowels, yes, he said bowels in church. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, this scripture speaks to that entire gastric system of digestion, eating, that my food is blessed and my body's blessed because of it. So many people are affected uh, with diets and everything because they cannot eat certain things. It, it bothers them. That's the scripture to hold on to. What I see is temporal. It must change all I eat is a blessing unto me. That doesn't mean live on sugar. I didn't say that. Okay. So here we have faith in the promises of the Word of God, and we speak them out. How long do I do this? Till something changes. You don't ever give up. 
remember the famous uh, quote from Churchill in World War II. I don't know if it was five or six nevers in a row. Never, 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 never give up. And that's the kind of courage we need to walk in. We're in this for the long run. Never let go. Let's pray here. Father God, we love your promises. We embrace them, Lord. We kiss them up. We love them. They're greater than gold, greater than anything in this world. Your promises to us, Father. My, my Lord, is your will for me. I want them. We want them in our lives, Lord. We want to see them manifest, Father, that none of your good promises will fail us. Lord God, help us that we would be men and women that walk in faith, embracing the promises in your, in your word, not this world's opinion, not our friends' opinions, but what the word of God tells us in the word of God alone, that I would speak it out of my mouth, that we would speak it out of our mouths and believe them to come to pass. Lord God, let your will be manifested in our families, in our days. We thank you for this, Father. We embrace it in Jesus' name. Do you agree and say amen? Amen. amen.